More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. This is Buck in NYC. Clay out in Nashville and much to get to today. We've got, oh, my, Biden being uh, shielded from questions from the White House press corps. And even the journos are starting to get a little bit upset about it. Uh, You have... Fauci and Joy Reid having a conversation, which is fascinating to Clay and me, because Fauci, turns out, Clay's not coming on. It's official. He has uh, shot us down. The uh, biggest radio show by audience, Nielsen ratings, uh, we believe, in our time slot in the country. So uh, that doesn't apparently rate for Fauci. He's not going to do it. We'll talk about why that is. We'll have some fun with it. At Stanford, they got a mask up while vaccinated, playing basketball for recreational purposes, um, and someone got caught smuggling Kentucky Fried Chicken into Auckland, New Zealand, through the lockdowns there. The madness in Australia and New Zealand, a vision of what may come to this country if the uh, Fauciites get their way. But we want to start with, they're lying to you about the border, which I know is not a surprise. And I know that I say this, and all of us feel this, exasperation and frustration. Of course they're lying about the border. Kamala Harris, remember the border czar? Why hadn't she been to the border, she told us. Well, she stared into the camera and said she's been to the border, to which everyone, including the people who will do anything to elevate Kamala's brand, do anything to make it seem like she should be the next president after Biden, whatever this is, of the United States, was like, you can't. We can't actually make it seem like you've been to the border, Miss Vice President or Madam Vice President, when you haven't. Like, there are limits to the lies that the media will get away with. But once again, they're testing those limits because as of today, here's what you got. Thousands of Haitian migrants, not only have they gathered at this bridge in Del Rio, Texas, not only are they, in fact overwhelming the resources of Border Patrol assigned to that area. And yes, they are not whipping anyone. The Border Patrol is not engaged in some horrible, inhumane practice of abusing or beating people from horseback. 
But they're actually, the Biden administration is letting thousands of them into the U.S. with a notice to appear in 60 days' time in court. Clay, before we dive too deep into this, I'm just going to go out on a limb here. I don't think the thousands of Haitian illegal aliens who are being released into the U.S. interior now, this is now confirmed, with a, hey, would you show up in court in 60 days? I think a lot of them aren't going to show up. I mean, would you? I mean, and let's think about it from their perspective. We still don't know how in the world all of these Haitians ended up in South America in the first place. We don't know what suddenly made them decide now is the time to go make a run for the border in Del Rio, Texas. But they're winning, Buck. And as soon as you allow them into the United States, they are going to vanish into the larger United States ecosystem. They're going to have kids. They're going to live here potentially for decades, many of them probably for the rest of their lives. And so from their perspective, would you show up in a random court? You may not speak the uh, speak the English language. You may not be able to understand the apparatus of the court. I wouldn't show up. I don't think that very many of our listeners would show up. This is a fundamental failure of the Biden administration, and they are lying to us. Now, the reality is these Haitians are going to be in an incredibly difficult place, right? They don't speak the language necessarily. They don't really know how our country works. Their ability to find a job and make money is going to be questionable at best unless they have some family members who might already be here who can help them to understand what to do in the country. But the bigger context here is we have shut down legal immigration by and large because of COVID because and we've shut down for up until the past couple of weeks when we had the new announcement that you could fly in. We shut down basically international travel to Europe and Asia and most of the countries around the world. And now we're allowing those people to come back in, but we're requiring a test. And even, Buck, if you go to Mexico as a tourist and you are an American citizen, you have to have a negative COVID test. I believe it's still in fact. It was when I was down there in the, in the, uh, in the, in the winter. You still have to have a negative COVID test to come back, yet we're allowing all of these tens of thousands of people on a daily basis to come across our border. And you asked the question about how, right? How did they get there? Yeah. The logistics of this have not yet been fully understood. There, I, I know people who are down there at the border. Trying uh, to figure uh, who, it out. Who are trying to figure out. Now, clearly, there was social media coordination. The Mexican drug cartels absolutely had a hand in this and are making a lot of money off of all this, by the no way. No doubt. Which just further corrupts the Mexican state and government and police. And, and then you have more drug cartel activity that goes on. Fentanyl killed. Tens of thousands of Americans. I mean, total drug overdoses last year, as we know, was over 90,000, an all-time high. Those drugs are pouring across the border as Border Patrol is overwhelmed. So we don't know the logistics yet, but we do know, you could say, the overall impulse or the, the rationale behind the thousands and thousands of Haitians all showing up at once is they think they're going to get into the U.S., Clearly, a lot of them are right, which is what we've yes. lied for the last few days. And the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, he is trying to hold the line here and also trying to make make sure everyone understands that it is the Biden policies that have led to this. Would please. It is Joe Biden 
who has what opened I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, but human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. Okay, so that was actually Kamala Harris talking about the situation which that is did the not first happen. Thing I've heard her say about the border at all. It took an artificial element of this situation in order for Kamala Harris to even speak out or for most of the members of the blue checkmark brigade who haven't mentioned anything at the border since the cages uh you know flare up when Donald Trump was there when they tried to blame Trump for putting kids in children uh cages all of a sudden this thing comes out and now Kamala Harris has got an opinion on the border well it's amazing to me because what you see is the story was a lie and yes. then the story very quickly turned into well even if it didn't happen let's have a conversation about how sad things are for the migrants that have gathered there. So they use the emotional impulse of the story on this to get the subject matter to change. We do have, though, Governor Abbott on the Biden administration promoting this. Here he is. President Biden campaigned on having open borders in the United States. I'm sure most people, when they, they heard President Biden, either when he was as a candidate or as president, talk about open borders, they had no idea it would lead to the type of chaos that we witnessed just behind me for day after day after day. Contrary to what Kamala Harris talked about, about trying to solve this problem in the Northern Triangle, what the world is witnessing now is the open border policies that are being utilized by the Biden administration. It attracts people from across the entire globe, including people coming from more than 150 different countries. Clay? That's what's actually why it's happening, right? How it's happening, we're still finding out. Why it's happening is the Biden administration has kicked the border wide open as a matter of policy, as a matter of choice. This is not this is not a surprise to anybody who understands why people show up and come into America legally and how they do it. Well, and look, they took the cue. I mean, again, what I think we need to figure out is how the Haitians got here and why they chose to come right now. We've seen these sort of caravans before, but usually it's from people who are just making their way to the United States border who were already in Mexico or Latin America or whether wherever they may be. That makes more sense to me. This feels like a calculated attempt made by, frankly, people who assessed and looked at the political situation and either decided, hey, we're going to put so much pressure on the Biden administration that they essentially let us in because buck this is what you see some of these reports i mean there are just haitians now hanging out at gas stations all over texas getting dropped off in buses i mean and they're claiming that they're putting uh, these guys back on airplanes and sending them back to haiti and they've done that with a small minority of the overall population but it seems like a substantial portion of these uh these would-be immigrants illegally crossed the rio grande and now they're in to texas and will probably be in our in our country for for decades now well let's add to this you have to remember there's the border zone lawlessness and the gaming of the system usually around asylum the asylum situation and remember that the, the drug cartels coach people the, the coyotes tell 
the people that they're transporting, here's what you say to pass the credible fear test. Some of them have actually been found with sheets that they'll read yeah. off of, like cheat sheets. You know, a cheat sheet where they're like, "Oh, I fear in my home country that I will have violence against me," and and they're they're learning different ways to get through the system. But you have to add to all that the Biden administration has effectively destroyed interior enforcement of immigration laws. So you have all these sanctuary jurisdictions across the country, and they act like there's still rule of law there when it comes to immigration. There absolutely is not. The Biden team, the Biden uh, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement Leadership and DHS isn't going to in any way enforce immigration laws against people that don't show up for these hearings. They're not going to make them a priority. The only people who will get deported are serious violent criminals in some instances, Clay, and not even all of the serious violent criminals who are legal aliens will be deported. And then they'll turn the point to a number and they'll say, see, we're still enforcing the law. No, they're not. So if you get into the U.S., you are basically home free. You're done. You don't have to worry anymore. And the Haitian migrants who have and by the way, it's not just Haitians. There's Cubans and there's Venezuelans and there are others in this encampment. They know this, Clay, obviously, because that's why they showed up for the last 72 hours. What has the media been saying? Oh, they're not going. The Biden administration's not going to let them in. You know, they're going to apply the rule of law. And now that we find out that's a lie. Thousands of them have already been led in the United States. What's a few more thousand tomorrow is going to be the narrative. Well, and not only that, Buck, what happens when they get led into the United States? They get their phones and they text their friends and they call their family members back in other countries and say, hey, we got into the United States. We're here now. Here's what you need to do to come as well. So when you allow anybody illegally into the United States, that leads to a further impetus for all these other people to recognize that they can also get into the United States illegally. And by the way, it's important to recognize this had basically come to a close under the Trump administration. The Trump administration had enforced the rule of law at the border such that we had seen historic lows generational lows in migrants crossing the border because they were aware of how much more difficult it had been. As soon as Joe Biden gets into office, all of this starts up anew, and we are seeing it occur at rates that haven't happened in a generation now. We've gone from generational low of illegal immigration to generational high in illegal immigration in less than a year. And that, that's an excellent point. We should come back into what the Biden administration is saying about this in a moment, and then we also have what Biden's not saying, Clay, because the press nah, doesn't actually they won't let get him to, talk ask, to him, anybody. ask him questions. But this was a problem. Surges at the border. It did happen under Trump. And they solved it. They figured out yes. how to stop it. And then the Biden administration came in and said, let's unsolve the problem because they don't want to solve the problem. We'll come back in a, in a second, though, with more on this. You know about carnivore trading, right? These are Wall Street guys that have revolutionized how regular folks like you and me can make money in the stock market. I've been around Wall Street for a good portion of my life, at least Wall Street folks, right? I'm here in New York City. And to do well, a lot of them have tremendous information access, and they're savvy on what's coming next. They want an information advantage. you got to be a voracious reader and someone who can analyze data and develop opinions. But that's what carnivore trading does for me. They provide me that access, the benefit of their expertise. Carnivore trading is an elite group of brilliant Wall Street traders who figured out that it's time to democratize stock trading for everyone. Carnivore members receive real-time text alerts of their explosive trades. You can make that trade through your discount broker or pass. Carnivore trading is where regular people with little or no stock trading experience can learn about the market. And right now, Carnivore invites you to see their explosive real-time trades free for two weeks. Go to GetOurTrades.com. Use promo code USA 
That's getourtrades.com, promo code USA. See website for terms and conditions, past performance, not a guarantee of future earnings. Giving big tech a headache 24-7. Join us at Clay and Buck on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're talking about the untenable situation at the border. Shortly, we will read Dr. Fauci's rejection of our extended hand in friendship to come on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. But first... Joe Biden was asked about the situation at the border and whether or not it was under control. And uh, he at least acknowledged that the border is not under control. Let's play cut three. Mr. President, what's your reaction to the images from the southern border? Get it under control. Get it under control or you have it under control. We will get it under control. So do you buy into the question here is... Do you buy into in any way that the Joe Biden administration is going to get the border under control? Or do you think, as I believe, and I would imagine almost everybody out there believes as well, Buck, that what they're looking for is for the media to pretend that the border is not under control and go back to covering everything else? And this is where, Buck, 
I have to say, the Biden White House has so many different fires burning on so many different levels of incompetence that they may be able to dodge responsibility on the border simply because so many other things are going wrong, too. It's hard to focus just on the border. Well, you know, the day-to-day numbers at the border are awful if you believe in an immigration system rooted in the rule of law, right? But you can't, uh, you know, 100 in the Del Rio sector and 100 in the Tucson sector or, you know, 1,000 in the uh, Tijuana-San Diego sector, you know, or, you know, San Diego corridor all these different places, day in and day out, you can't visualize that, Clay. The problem here is very much one of optics because you have so many thousands and thousands of people gathered in one place. You can show this, and it feels real. The number looks – when you've got a, a athletic stadium full of illegal aliens all gathered together at one point along the border, it feels not only like you, you can see it, but also – This is all very deliberate. This is not just a thing that's kind of happening and a problem to deal with. There are movements uh, that are ongoing to get people to the border, to get them into the United States. I'm sure if you did some of the uh, looking into the funding here and some of the organization, you'd probably find there are some international NGOs who might have a hand in helping along the way. You'll find out that there are people that are actually very much in favor of this. And here's the problem with the Biden administration to what you're saying about there's so many fires burning, so many problems. Clay, they have no explanation for this. They they can keep trying, but there's there's no talking point that makes this go away. That that's the that's the truth and what they're relying on. I was thinking as you talked about the different numbers of illegals coming across the border. Imagine if we had a daily count of illegal immigrants entering into our country like we do COVID infections. How much different would that be if you know instead of every single day knowing how many people have tested positive for COVID? If we were seeing all of the thousands of people who were illegally entering our country on a day-to-day basis, I mean, that would be pretty fascinating, I think, to see how it would play out in general. And, you know, maybe we need to start thinking about that. In the meantime, our buddy Mike Lindell, he invented my pillow. They took care of all of us across this show, certainly, with all sorts of fabulous pillows and more. They got towel sets, slippers, robes, mattress toppers, Giza sheets on top of many other products. We've got them all here in the Travis household. And right now they have got unbelievable offer for you on those Giza dream sheets. They are so fantastic. Got them on my bed, my kids' beds. And right now you can buy one and get one free with the promo code Clay and Buck. You can get multiple colors, styles, and sizes. All my pillow products, 60-day money-back guarantee. Well, how do you get them? You go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials to get the Giza Dream Sheets. Buy one, get one free with the code Clay and Buck, or you can call 800-792-3269. All products, 60-day money-back guarantee. Go today, MyPillow.com, and get the Clay and Buck code radio listener special. You'll love it. Welcome back to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. And we have a Biden administration that is picking up on some things these days. Maybe just starting to figure out that people don't exactly have a tremendous amount of faith in Joe Biden's ability to do complex reasoning around major policy and national security challenges. You see what's happened in Afghanistan. You see what's going on at the border. And also maybe Joe Biden is just what we've said all along. Not up for the job. Too old. Slow down a little bit. Just doesn't have it. 
because they're certainly making it seem that way when they try to shield him from questions from the press corps. It has now gone to the point where it's not just Clay and me sitting here telling you, oh, but Biden won't answer questions. The people who are usually the scribes of the regime, when it's a Democrat, the White House uh, press corps, they're even starting to complain about this a little bit. And, and here's why. Here's an example. Biden had a meeting with the Australian prime minister at the United Nations. And it is a kind of tradition that right afterwards, usually the president will take a couple quick questions. Here's how they reacted or how his handlers reacted in that instance. Democracies in the world. And we got a lot of work to do. So thank you all very much. I could do that job, Clay. One of the Biden handlers for the White House is like, thank you. Let's go. Shut up. Shut up, everybody. No questions. Shut up. We're going. We're going. You know, like you could just see her escorting the feeble president stage left as quickly as possible. Did you see the data that over half of Americans now believe that Biden's not mentally up to the job? That was uh, I mean, and and over half seems low. Um, I, I mean. They're not eight, and he, here's it's it's a delicate position that they're in, right? They're in a catch twenty two, because if they allow Biden to field questions, he demonstrates that he's not mentally capable of the job. If they don't allow Biden to field field questions, it demonstrates they don't believe that he's mentally or, capable or, of doing the job, and they're not capable of doing their jobs either. If they don't so, allow Biden to, to ask, so them. I don't know. I, I don't know what the answer is here. I mean, obviously, the answer is have a mentally competent president. But if you're on the White House staff at this point, I think every time he takes a question, we know this, Buck, right? Like they gave him a list of who he's supposed to ask when he takes questions. Uh, when, and then they tell him that he's not supposed to take questions. We still don't know who officially is telling him that, but it must be a consensus opinion of White House staff because when he takes questions, they are holding their breath that, that I mean, he called the prime minister of Australia that got, what did he say, the, the fellow from down there? I think he called yeah, the, him. He the fellow from Down name. Under, I believe. The fellow from Down Under. Sounds like a very, sounds like a very different show. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, that that is that is a sign that he is totally without the ability to interact on anything other than scripted. And, Wait, can, and remember, we, we have another instance of this clip. Yeah, this is not yeah, the, yeah, this play is, that too. It's, it's it's piling up, right? So we yes. played that one time. He's sitting with the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, right, Boris Johnson, very who fancy. will talk to everybody. We'll talk to everybody. Very fancy accents. Everyone gets excited when he starts fielding questions. And the reporters are happy because here you go, one of our closest allies with the president in the Oval Office. Time to get some good sound bites. That's why they're there. Here's how the White House reacted in that situation. Interrupts or uh, unbalances the, the Belfast Good Friday uh, Accords. That's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's that's the. I, I, I want everyone. I want everyone to hear it, Clay. Yeah, I, I want everyone to hear it because it, this. This is. I have no idea. <laughs> Hope the microphone got it. There we go. Reporters get questions. Yeah, they're they're even complaining at the end. It is standard practice not only to allow there to be questions, 
They interrupted the prime minister of the UK as a guest of the president in the Oval Office to make sure there was no opportunity to pose more questions that would go to Biden. Or I think this is what really happened. I think they're afraid that Biden might just like chime in and say something dumb. So they're just, oh, thank you. Thank That's you, totally thank you. what they believe. I mean, they are they are dodging bullets like Neo in the Matrix every time Joe Biden fields questions, because I think they know that viral moment of incompetence that comes almost every time Biden takes questions on anything. There's a 20 or a 30 second or a one minute clip where you can go grab it and you can say the lights are on. But nobody's home for this particular interaction. It's so bad, Clay, that they've actually officially complained about it. The White House press pool has marched into Jen Psaki's office. And this is this is an excerpt from their email to her. The entire editorial component of the U.S. pool went immediately into Jen Psaki's office. I'm sorry. No, this is a description of what they did uh, to register a formal complaint that no American reporters were recognized for, for questions in the president's Oval Office and that Wranglers loudly shouted over the president as he seemed to give an answer to Ed O'Keefe's question about the situation at the southern border. Biden's answer could not be heard over the shouting. Saki was unaware the incident had occurred and suggested she was not in a position to offer an immediate solution. That's Saki saying, tough. Don't you guys realize what you're here to do? Our bidding. This is a Democrat administration. That's what journos do, the bidding of Democrats. Well, and remember, and I think we have to keep echoing this because it's so significant, Trump would stand up and take questions, for better or worse, for hours from the media. And yet there were all these stories about how the 25th Amendment needed to be put in place because Trump didn't have the mental faculties to do the job. In fact, they even gave him that cognitive test that he took to prove that his mental faculties were up to the task of being president. For better or worse, Trump would talk to the media all the time. Biden, when's the last time that Biden stood and took questions for an hour, Buck, like Trump would regularly do, such that his communication team would finally just come up and say, okay, he's literally exhausted every question that anybody had in the entire press corps. I don't think Biden has the physical or mental stamina to be capable of that. And that's what these ushering of people out of the White House represents and it's so it gives you a sense of how unprecedented it is that the media there buck is so furious even though they're covering a democratic president even though they're mostly left-wing media they're not even being allowed to do their jobs even they i guess have their limits for how much you take uh, money out of you take some food out of their mouth they'll complain well i mean I, i also think though that there's a there's a sense among the the press corps in dc right now that Never before have so many Americans understood what a fraud political journalism is well, I mean, after I think the Trump true. years. And so they, they have to at least go through the motions, right? They have to at least get questions to the president when they're in the Oval Office. Well, with all, the, all the things going on, all the failures. I mean, there's so many topics right, that Biden but, should have to answer but for. They, they, can, they can editorialize and play games around the coverage of those failures, which is what they normally do. But when they're not even in a position to it's like it's not safe for a journalist covering politics in D.C. right now to be invited to the fancy cocktail parties later. If they put Joe Biden in a question in a position where he might answer an unscripted question there, I, I really do think that, you know, some of them are worried that they could get blamed. 
Others want to at least go through the motions because they realize that if they don't get a question out there, what are they doing? How could they even pretend that they're journalists, right? So it's look, it's a tough, tough place for some of these Democrats because, well, I mean, you remember the Obama years? It was all it was just like every journalist in Jesus walking around. Everything's amazing. The world is yes. great, but it wasn't, as we know. But that was the attitude. And oh, let's just let's just hear more words of brilliance from Barack Obama. They want that to be the atmosphere in D.C. right now. I mean, I got a lot of friends who cover politics on Capitol Hill and at the White House, but they know that propping this guy up. I mean, at some point, the crazy emperor is running around with no clothes on and no one's going to believe otherwise. And it's going to get worse, Buck, because we've seen what the impact is of the stress of being president on otherwise relatively young and healthy people. George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, how much older they looked when they came into the White House versus when they left. And it's only going to get worse for Biden at 78, 79, 80 years old as this continues. In the meantime, cell phone, always, Buck, what's it within five or ten feet of us? Our reliance on it never been higher. Whether you have AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, you need to trust your carrier and you need to get the best possible deal you can. And that's why our friends at Pure Talk take care of us. They will give you $30 for unlimited talk, unlimited text, and six gigs of data each month if you go over no charges. My 13-year-old, I keep telling you, his first ever cell phone got him one in eighth grade. He has a Pure Talk cell phone. I trust them with my family, and he is doing a fantastic job with his new cell phone because Pure Talk is phenomenal. You can keep your same number. You can keep your same phone. Really simple. How do people change and save up to $60 a month, $800 a year, Buck? It's so easy, and that's why we, we really just want you to give give it a shot because you get a 30-day money-back guarantee if you don't like the Pure Talk service. So try it. We're, we're just going to get you savings, better customer service, and you keep your you keep your phone if you want. You keep your cell phone number for sure from your cell phone right now. Dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You'll save 50% off your first month. All you do from your cell phone right now is dial pound 250 and say Pure Talk. You'll have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk. And lo and behold, every warning that I mentioned is now being echoed. Yep. From the DNA of America's anchorman, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton, inspired by Rush on the EIB Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the Wednesday edition of the program. About to be joined by Atlantic author, I believe David Zweig uh, is his name. We had him on, for those of you who heard him, he was fantastic talking about the lack of data to support masking in schools. And now he's got a good piece that is up in the Atlantic, I believe, about you hear all the time the discussion surrounding the number of people hospitalized with COVID, but he went and looked at the data, and a lot of those people who are, quote, hospitalized with COVID are not actually there because they have COVID. They are in the hospital, and it turns out that they have COVID, which is a different thing. You know, you could theoretically be going in for, let's say, a knee replacement, and they do testing on you as you get ready for your knee replacement, and they come to find out, oh, wow, you have COVID, so therefore you're hospitalized with COVID. Anyway, it's going to be a good discussion. I'm encouraging you to listen as we start the second hour of the program. He will be on with us. In the meantime, yesterday, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin was on with us, and he had some really interesting things to say about the data that basically you're not hearing on any other show almost in the country uh, when you consider what is being uh, said and what you're being told in particular, you're being told that if you get the vaccine, you have virtually no risk from COVID. That's what you're being told right now by the Biden administration, by Dr. Fauci, by very many uh, health experts out there. But if you look ahead to England and you look ahead to Israel, the data is actually a lot more alarming. Listen to Ron Johnson yesterday talking about the most recent data from England and who is dying with COVID. It doesn't look like... The vaccine's holding up very well against Delta. Um, you know, the, the most recent technical brief by Public Health England shows that uh, overall in 2021, 70% of deaths are in partially or fully vaccinated individuals, 30% are on the unvaxxed. Over the most recent time, August 2nd to September 21st, it's about 74% in fully vaccinated versus 26% in the unvaxxed. So, Again, that's unfortunate. I wish, I wish, God, I wish the vaccines were 100% effective, 100% safe, uh, but it doesn't appear they are. 
That's a pretty big deal, Buck. I mean, and again, I don't want to slide over this. We talk about using England and Israel as data for where we are headed because they have a more vaccinated country than we do. Most recent data in England, 76% of people dying with COVID are vaccinated. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, by the way, uh, I think uh, he earth shattering because the way he said it, it made it sound like he means the, the 70% from the UK data is over that time period that he mentioned afterwards, it would not be 70% fully vaccinated from the beginning of this year. So just yeah. to just to be clear, he was he was transitioning there because I, I, I checked up on this later. But let's just take that for let's just take that for a moment. OK, what's yes. Ron Johnson said and, and others have been pointing this out too. the the last bastion of Fauciism when it comes to the vaccine. And when I say of Fauciism, I mean of oh, but he was right, or oh, he's got a point, is it prevents severe disease and right. uh, and death, right? Severe hospitalization, essentially, which we're going to talk to David Zweig about here in a few minutes, and death. But if the vaccines fade, as we know, they keep saying, oh, it doesn't stand up well against the Delta variant. One, that makes sense, because as we know, vaccines evolve and can get around variants, but also we know that vaccines lose their potency over time. The most recent data seems to suggest that what was maybe a 95 percent or 90 percent potency clay drops over four months or six months or whatever it may be to more like 60, which starts to feel very much like the efficacy of flu vaccines year in and year out. Which we don't even really which, call a vaccine. We call right. it a flu shot. Flu right? shot. This would be basically a, be a COVID shot. Right. Yeah. Because also they don't want people to get confused. You get a vaccine, you think you're good. Right. You get a polio vaccine, you're not worried about getting polio in five years or ten years. Or measles, mumps, rubella, all the things they want to compare Correct. this to. And yet with this one, they keep using the vaccine term when therapeutic is increasingly what this looks like. A short-term antibody boost that can be, look, you know, we, we've always said this, and I feel like we have to keep repeating it. If you're at high risk and you're, you have, you know, you have concerns, I think it makes sense to get the shot. And I think it might even make sense to get the booster if you're 65 and up. You've yes. got to make those decisions for yourself. I don't believe in the mandates, obviously, but I can see how that would make sense. I mean, the fact that they're now talking about doing this for for kids. I mean, I'm sure you saw this this New York Times piece that's been pulled apart by those who actually know the data where there's there's an overt campaign now, pretty much. I mean, you can see it where they are attempting to overstate the risk to children. They keep saying, oh, kids have had had a big surge in hospitalizations. It's still a very small amount of children overall and a tiny percentage of children hospitalized who get That's COVID. Right. Tiny. But they, you know, this is like if you're in a community, let's say, where you have one homicide a year, right? Let's say you're, you're living in a town. And by the way, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this. That's about, you know, in their town of 50,000 or something, there might be one homicide a year. Well, if you have a year where you have two homicides, you it's could have huge headlines about a 100% increase in murders. And you get everyone all freaked out. But it's not really indicative of a huge change in the crime scenario because the number's so low. That is what they are doing overall with children's hospitalization in order to justify the mandate to get them the shot. And the hospitalization issue, I know, Clay, is something we're going to be talking to somebody. David Zweig, remember we had him on before, guys. A great analysis of what's happening there. He's been fantastic looking at the data, rational. He's not partisan. In fact, he's probably, I think he said on our show last time. Yeah, he's like, I'm a Democrat, like, but I'm willing to talk honestly about these things, which we appreciate. Yeah, and we're willing to have people on who will talk honestly about this story. I think you're going to enjoy the data he shares with us next, and we got a ton more to get into oh, in the next couple oh, of hours. Oh, and Fauci, Fauci knows that Clay is on his trail, and he's not going to go down without a fight. Actually, he's not going to show up and fight is what we found out. He won't do our show. 
He will do other shows, though. We will get into that with you and maybe have a fake Fauci appearance later on. So stick around. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 